When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to On the Prez with me, your host Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith, also of A to Z Sports. Uh, welcome in, everyone. Sean, how's it going? Going, going pretty good. Alex uh, had a good weekend. How about you? Pretty good one. Yeah, not not too bad. Very busy. Um, went to my first concert in a long time. Went to the Ryman Auditorium last night. That was a lot of fun. And oh. I believe you had a baseball tournament. And you got sunburned. Yeah, we uh, we my son had a had a one day travel ball tournament yesterday, and uh, they played three games in a row in wow. the heat of the day, probably six thousand degrees in the shade, and uh, yeah, despite despite copious sunscreen application, he still managed to get a pretty intense sunburn. So nice, you know. Wow. Get back in the get back get him back in the hockey rink. There's no sun in there. That's the best thing about hockey is indoors. Exactly right. Yeah. So today on the show, we are going to focus on something a little different from last week. Uh, last week's show uh, involving karaoke music was one of my favorites. A lot of fun. If you have not listened to that, please go back and listen to it. We uh, named 10, 10 Nashville Predators players as karaoke songs. That was a lot of fun. We're going to switch back to a more hockey focus this week. Obviously, the season is still a month away. Well, more than a month away for the season. We're, we're probably less than a month away now from training camp, but we will find out very soon when that starts and uh, see some, some more details on this Nashville Predators roster and how it will emerge. But, Sean, today I thought what we would do is we would do a, a Central Division roundup. We're going to take a look at all the teams in the Central Division, figure out who they added, who they subtracted, maybe any other changes to their team, and uh, and kind of just a recap of where the other teams are at. And then kind of see, you know, how do the Nashville Predators fix uh, fit into this, um, given all the changes. And I, I think that this exercise, as we were saying before we started, has shown to me – that the central division overall is worse than it was last year. Based on what I've seen. And of course, you know, everything I've kept up with over the off season, I'd have to agree with that. There's a lot of teams that have lost very high caliber players and replaced them with, mm, I would yeah. say less talented players. I mean, when you talk about players like Kevin Fiala, Alex Debrinkit, John Klingberg, Nazem Kadri, just those four names alone, just those four names alone, those four players were huge for their teams last year. You know, massive star power there, incredible talents, all gone. And I don't think there's one player coming back into the Central Division that equals any single one of those players. Uh, there's, I mean, there's, there's some decent players that are coming in. I mean, I, I like Mason Marchment a, a lot and we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about Dallas. Um, there's some, there's some de- other decent players, but no one comes close to those four players. So we'll, 
we're going to take a look at all the teams and we're going to do these four things. We're, we have four categories here for each team. Key additions. Notice that I'm not saying all additions. I am not going to list every single player that every team added or lost. I, I Frankly, I do not care what the St. Louis Blues minor league affiliates look like. I'm sorry. I don't care. So we're not going to worry about that. I also am not going to – I didn't include draft picks. I didn't include any any of the 2022 draft picks. Likely some of those will contribute in some way this year uh, or, you know, maybe even last year's draft picks. But it's just there's there's too much uncertainty with the prospects and stuff that like you just really can't consider that. I'm only really going with proven assets at this point. Proven assets in, proven assets out, any other relevant changes like coaching or anything like that, and then – who is that team's best player going into 2022-2023? Okay. Works for me. Here's what you get to decide, Sean. Okay. Which team do you want to go on talk about first? Oh. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about St. Louis first. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Getting ready to spend, you mentioned getting the boy back into the hockey rink. He will be back on the ice this Tuesday. The Blues? Which is, uh, what? He's playing for the Blues now? No, well, here's the thing. I know he's only 7 years old. No. But um he'll be back on the ice with his uh, new team and they're playing three tournaments in St. Louis this year. So um getting ready to spend a lot of time in St. Louis. So I figure probably be around need to be able to talk to the uh the local folk about their team. So let's let's start there. All right. St. Louis. Okay. So the biggest thing that I have about the St. Louis Blues is they're basically the same team except for a couple changes. Um, the fir- the key additions for them would be Nick Letty on defense. He's going to step in and play in the top four role. And then to- to Thomas or Tomas Grice, the goalie, I guess he's going to be the new backup for them. Um, uh, for uh, Jordan Bennington. Um, and I-, I think that those changes really don't do a whole lot for them. Uh, the biggest thing would be that Billy Huso is gone. And I, I think I forgot to add him on my list, actually. But Billy Huso is now with Detroit. That's right. Billy Huso, who was their, like, top – I mean, he was the—he was basically the replacement for when Jordan Bennington was bad. He was—he was, I mean, Billy Huso was really good last year. Yeah. And he is now in Detroit. So, um Tomas Grice is not the same player. So, like, I guess, I guess they got worse. But, you know, I, I think that the – the Blues really need to have Jordan Bennington be their guy anyways. Um, so Jordan Bennington and Tomas Grice will be their goalies. But Nick, Nick Letty comes in. The other major name that's out is David Perron. And David Perron yeah. is now also in Detroit. Um, go ahead. I think you're just it's really exciting when you look at adding uh, Grice to the uh, mix there with Bennington. Is That's just two goalies that I really don't like at all. I mean <laughs> – Look at all, look at all of Bennington's antics and nonsense on the ice, and then you've got Grice with his uh, little helmet fiasco a few few years ago. Just adds to the whole. Uh, wow, just what a what a crew back there between the pipes for the Blues. Yeah, but like you Man. know, honestly, the Blues don't really see other than the goaltending changes and one additional defenseman and losing one forward. Like their 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 main crew is going to stick together. Now we don't know if what's going to happen with Tarasenko. Maybe he gets traded. Um, the, but the rest of their, I mean, the rest of their lineup is just like very, very similar to what we've seen. Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shin, 
Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas are emerging. They still have Brandon Sod from that contract they signed last year. Buchnevich, who they signed last year, I believe, or traded for. Uh, and Justin Falk, Tory Crew, Colton Pareko, Marco Scandella um, are all, all around. So, and, you know, they traded for a lot of these players in the last couple of years. But the Blues, I think, uh, you know, and also, oh, oh, the other in the other changes category, Craig Berube has signed a three-year contract session, so he's still the coach. And the best player that I have going into this season for them is probably either Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas, though I could really hear an argument for any of these guys. I mean, you can't discount Derek Tarasenko for what he does. Ryan O'Reilly is a, just a really solid center in my mind. I've, I've always liked him as a, as a player. I'd hear, I would hear an argument for any of those, but Jordan Cairo, the impact that he made on the team last year, and then Robert Thomas is just like continuing to emerge as like a really, really solid. And he, he signed that contract extension. He's going to make eight million a year next year. Um, that's that's who I've got. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I really like, uh, <clears throat> I really like Robert Thomas on that team too. I think. You know, the contract extension for their coach, too, they they put on a pretty good show after going from, what, last last to first and in, in a few years ago winning the Stanley Cup. And they had a great season last season. I mean, 109 points is usually good for uh, more than third place in your division. But, I mean, look what they were competing against. So, uh, clearly, they like what, what is going on in St. Louis, and they're looking to kind of keep it that way. So, yeah, not, not a huge lot of changes, but – uh, pretty much the same team, but a team that's done well. So um, there you go. Yeah, uh, and until until they get uh, your son on board, they really won't make that next step. You know, right? I mean, he's uh, you know, he's he's good along the boards. We'll say that. Yeah, I mean, he's two way defenseman, man. Really good. Okay, uh, who's next? Who do you want to talk about next? We're do I get to pick more. every time? This is I feel like yeah, it's my birthday. Pick. It's like a draft. You get to pick. Oh you man, can go I'm trying to get. Trying to get some of the ones where there's not a lot to talk about out of the way, uh, you know, just you know, kind of save the bangers for later, right? Uh, let's go. Let's talk about the uh, my my favorite desert team, the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona. Now there is quite a lot to talk about with them, but only because of like who they. Well, Arizona is always an interesting team to look at their transaction <laughs> log, right? Like, yeah, the Arizona Coyotes transaction log is just. Uh, I mean, it's like trying to watch the stock market exchange or something. It's just like there's constant movement. I mean, yeah. you, it's like you, you could do day trading involving just the Coyotes transactions. Like who, who's who's moving up? Who, who am I holding on to? Who's who's coming in? Who's going out? Where's the cap? What's the cap number at? Who'd they take on? What's what's their what's their latest uh, cap barrage look like? They're, this year, they their only key subtraction is really Phil Kessel. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I would say, I mean, I think they lost a couple other guys, but that's the, that's the biggest one. And they added a lot of guys. They, they really overhauled their defense. Um, they added Patrick Nemeth, Troy Stetcher and Josh Brown, who are not great defensemen, but you know, that's par for the course in Arizona, I guess. It's Arizona. And they added Nick Bugstad, Laurent Dauphin, who they had before. And I guess they, I didn't realize that he ever left them. Uh, and then John Gillies, is that how you say his name? John Gills, the goalie. Let me see how you say his name. John Gillies. Is it Gills, Gillies? John Gillies is how you say his name. So John Gillies, Gillies is going to be their 
new backup goalie to Vejmelka, um, who I guess it's just he's rolled they're rolling rolling ahead with him. The only why other not? key addition. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? So why not? Or just you know. Uh, the only other key addition would be they have a new arena. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be honest. I'm excited about the new arena. I'm kind of excited about it, too. I think it could be inter- kind of interesting. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out a way to make it out to Arizona so I can watch a game there. I mean, I, I think it actually could be kind of it could be kind of neat. And, and while I don't want there to be a, a ton of teams out there that resort to the like glorified AHL, actually smaller than AHLs in some cases. Uh, yeah. Uh, arena size. The atmosphere yeah. could be. I mean, I've been to AHL games, and like when they're full, they're fun, man. I mean, they're loud. Yeah. They're, they're entertaining. And well, I think you know, there, there's something to be said for getting to see you know professional level, uh, you know, product on a smaller scale stage. I don't really know. I mean, the best comparison I have, and, and understand this isn't a direct comparison, but there was back toward, I guess it was probably around 2010. I don't know if anybody remembers that far back, but around 2010, um, Kings of Leon, they're, they're, a, they're a music band. I don't know if anyone's heard of them before. Yeah. <laughs> but they were probably the biggest band in the world at the time. Um, and some British TV show was filming them in their hometown and them around Nashville or something like that. And they decided to, they wanted like a concert kind of deal. And so they, they got rocket town and they let 200 people in um, to watch essentially the biggest band in the world at the time. And somehow, because we had a a newborn child, my wife was up at three in the morning and the thing popped up that they wanted, they needed an audience. So she put all our names in. Um, and we got picked to go. We got to see the Kings of Leon in front of 200 pe- people. I mean, that was it. That's it weird. was crazy. It was. I mean, I was right in the front. I didn't have to pay a dime for it. Um, you know, it was it was an incredible experience. And I, I don't want to say clearly that the Coyotes are being compared here to the Kings of Leon in 2010, but but surely the Coyotes will host some good teams. <laughs> no, I, I think that's actually not a bad comparison because Kings of Leon were were good for about one year. And I think oh, Arizona, man. Arizona had like maybe one year. Of well, being that's good. that's quite a hot take about the Kings of Leon, but I'm not going to disagree yeah, about the. Coyotes. They are from Nashville. I mean, you got you got like a, a a a good Nashville band, but I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan. I, I'll just be honest. But everybody, but, but, everybody has bad opinions, Alex. I can't help it. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay, so Arizona, Arizona's best player going into 2022. I have it as Clayton Keller. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, he's yeah. coming back from a leg injury, so we'll see how, how he is. I think all reports are that he will be back and be fine. So Clayton Keller is the best player for Arizona moving in. Not a ton of changes. Don't expect that team to be really all that good. Uh, although, you know, they, maybe they short up their defense a little bit. Maybe their defense is better. Who knows? All right, who's next? We're going to do one more, and then we're going to take a break. Okay. Um, let's go. Let's talk about the Jets. The Winnipeg Jets. Okay. Let's talk about the subtractions first. I think that losing Paul Stastny and Andrew Kopp um, are their two biggest losses 
I keep forgetting to do this. Let me pull up their their thing here. I, I, I just always like to have their sort of stuff in front of me so I can make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, Winnipeg Jets a lot. Yeah, lost Andrew Cop. Uh, lost. What did I just say? Paul Stastny. Those were not huge contributors for them, but the two of their top eight scorers. I mean, like that's that's somewhat significant. And um, they gain. Not much. <laughs> they gained like hardly anything. Uh, Kyle Capo Bianco. Heard of him? Kevin Stinland. Um, nope. Dave Riddick. Heard of him? Oh, I, I've I've heard of him. Yep. Uh, I'm familiar also, with his body of work. They did re-sign uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, who is uh, back for next year for one year. And they have a new head coach, and I think that might be their most significant addition. They have a new head coach in Rick Bonus, who left Dallas and is now in Winnipeg. Um, I do not think that the Winnipeg Jets are a better team. Not I, at all. I, I don't know that Rick Bonus really does a lot for them. Um, they, they they go into next season with basically the same kind of team that they had this year, probably yeah. worse because they lost those two guys, didn't replace them with much. Yeah, I mean, and then I, I think this team will go as far as Connor Hellebuck carries them. I mean, he's a really good goalie. He will be very good for them. David Riddick will not, but that's who they got. So I, I think Riddick, Hellebuck's probably going to start, what, 70 games? Probably. Their I mean, defense, that's – Sorry, go ahead. That's that's kind of what you have to – I hate saying this because, I mean, <sighs> Dave Riddick's a really good guy, you know, but when that's what you have to rely on as a backup, you know that you really have to start your starter every chance you get. And unfortunately, I think we have seen what happens when that's what you do to your starter. It, it doesn't end well. So, mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. one expectation I think is that Mason Appleton will take a step forward. They signed him to a deal, but like he had four points last year. And they signed him to a uh, three-year deal worth two million dollars each year. Three million, wow. so so six million dollar, a six million dollar contract. Jakob Trenin had Jakob Trenin had way better numbers at, and he signed for one point seven. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't really understand what that's about. I, so Winnipeg don't really understand what they're doing. Um, yeah. Do you do you really think that Rick Bonus is is that much of an upgrade? No, I don't no. either. I'm not a big fan. I, I don't, I don't like his style. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big, uh, big vibes guy over here. You know, yeah. so <laughs> I yeah. remember watching the uh, the road to the uh, what was it the the Winter Classic Winter thing Classic. that they had on TV, which was mm -hmm. you know bonus was the bonus was the new the interim coach I guess at the time for Dallas, and of course Laviolette was on his way out. Yeah. Nashville, and uh, as as much as it was painfully obvious that there were issues, there were really some red flags with bonus that I was like, "This guy is kind of a, I don't know." The vibes weren't good, man. Vibes weren't good, so I'm not sure that that's going to end well there in Winnipeg. I don't either. So we've covered the St. Louis Blues, we've covered the Arizona Coyotes and the Winnipeg Jets. We still have four teams to go, and then we'll also talk about the Predators. But before we do that. If you want to live better, feel better, and sleep better every day, you need to check out Relax the Back. 
They've got tons of customized comfort options for the office, relaxing at home. I mean, they have so much stuff that can help you if you are having an if you have an injury, if you're trying to recover from a workout, even, uh, or if you just can't sleep at night. If you're having really a lot of trouble sleeping and you got back issues, uh, go check out Relax the Beck. Um, like I said, recovery options if you've been injured or are recovering from a workout. Um, the sleep options they've got that techno gel that I'm always talking about. Uh, wedge systems and posture pillows for getting you in the correct natural position for sleeping. All about getting that spine in the right position uh, when you're going to sleep. You just got to check it out. Relax the back store in Green Hills. You got to go to 2020 Glen Echo Road right there in Green Hills. And a sleep agent is on hand every day. Glenn is the guy that owns the store. Talk to him about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. Who do you want to talk about next? Which team? Uh, which team you want to cover next? Let's see. There's there's a there's a dumpster fire on here that would be fun to talk about for sure. Um, there's kind of a mess, and then there's another team that's just kind of okay. Let's let's go. Let's go with this. I have a specific order I want to go in. Okay. All right. So let's see. Let's start with. Hold on. Let's start with. Let's talk about the stars. Okay. Rick Bonus's former team. Yes. Uh, they have a new head coach. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, so I, I think Dallas is in a precarious position because the biggest issue that they have right now is Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger are both RFAs and are not signed. We are deep into August. We're deep into the Augie dog right here. And is that. Is that a thing that people call August? It is a thing that I just called August. Deep okay, into August. I, I thought, I know that I'm, you know, regionally I'm, I'm an outsider. <laughs> so I thought maybe I just missed that one. But we're deep in the AUG and okay. they have unsigned their guy. We're getting to SEP. SEP is almost here. And when Oct gets here and Ottinger and Robertson are unsigned, that's going to be bad news for Dallas. That is really the hang up for that team. I mean, they also made some changes, which are interesting ones. And they, they lost a couple of players. We'll talk about in a second, but I really think it hinges on Robertson and Ottinger, their top goalie and their top offensive player. Jason Robertson yeah. was a huge player for them last year. I mean, like massive player. I, I, th I think he's their best player going into next year. If he's on the team, I think that they will, but the issue is that they only have like $10 million and Robertson's going to make like eight or nine of that. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's good. So either they're going to just throw everything into Robertson and just let Ottinger sit there and not be signed, which would be really dumb. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do about that. But key additions for the Dallas Stars, Mason Marchment, who came over from Florida, Colin Miller, who I think was in Buffalo, and Will Butcher, Colin Miller, defenseman. He was formerly with Boston, and now he's in Buffalo. Will Butcher, a defenseman who I really thought was going to be better at, at New Jersey and just didn't really pan out. He had a really good first year, and then he just tailed off. So they got a couple of defensemen. Why did they get a couple defensemen? Because John Klingberg, their top defenseman, is now in Anaheim. So he is gone. And they got a forward out because Alex Radulov went to the K went back to the KHL. So Alex Radulov is gone. That's the two two biggest uh, losses there: Klingberg and Radulov. Uh, in addition, you've got another year of, you know, Ben and Sagan and all those guys, and Pavelski's still there. Um, and they have a new head coach, Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer fired in Vegas, 
and then finally finds a home in Dallas. I like I like the concept of calling them new head coaches because like I guess they're new to the team, but yeah. there are new no new head coaches. You just have to recycle, right? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. There's same. Only... The same thirty-two. Yes. There's there's thirty-two head coaches and there's thirty-two teams. It works out perfectly. One one must perish before another can rise. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. They, there's it's because there's thirty-two. Um, medallions 32 uh magical medallions that they all hold and if one yeah. loses one the, the other another must find that medallion lost in the mountains in order to yeah uh, in the team it's, it's possible to win one in combat but you know it, it doesn't combat, happen too often true. that is true can, win one in combat. i think i think that's how uh i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that that is how john hines got his was that's how uh, peter laviolette got a head coach in Washington because he he beat uh, Washington. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm just making something up now. But uh, <laughs> yes, okay. So Pete DeBoer's the head coach. Yeah, Dallas. I I mean, again, it all goes back to Jason Robertson. If he's on the team, and I, I think there's no way they don't sign Jason Robertson. But then, what if they don't sign Jake Ottinger? Then they got Scott Wedgwood. Hmm. That's not a that's that's a significant step down from Ottinger, who's 23. Scott Wedgwood was 30. Boy, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, if if you go into a season without a quality goalie, you are basically saying we are probably not a playoff team because only the good goalies make the playoffs. So um, every good every playoff team has a good goalie. I mean, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Maybe not everyone, but most of them. Um, so yeah, it, it comes down to comes down to that. We'll see what happens with uh, with with them. Uh, you know what? I actually forgot. They have Anton Kudobin. Kudobin, who was injured most of last year. So maybe, maybe let me revise that. Anton Kudobin, it will be back probably. So maybe. But they can't not sign Ottinger. He's their draft pick. He's like their future in goal. So I don't know. Kind of Some, something's gotta happen. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do there, but you can't you cannot let Robertson go. Yeah. I mean, you you can't. He is yeah. too good of a player, too exciting of a player, um, and just someone who you know is going to be good for several years. Letting him go right now, I mean, you're just – I mean, what are you saying about your team? We're not a contender. We don't want to contend. Yep. So that's where Dallas is at. Uh, who's next? Okay. Next. Three teams, left. three teams left. Let's talk about Colorado. Colorado. Okay. So Colorado lost more than they added. Yeah. Uh, but they're still probably going to win the Stanley Cup next year. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's really sad, but I, I just I look at this roster and I'm like, I mean, I don't, I don't see any way that this team is not back in the Stanley Cup final at least. Um, they're. Their losses are not insignificant, though. Darcy Kemper was a mainstay for them last year. He's not the best goalie in the world, but he goes to Washington, so they do lose their starting goalie. They get one. They get another option back, though. So we'll talk about that when they get to additions. But they, they lose Darcy Kemper. They lose Nazem Kadri, of course. He goes to Calgary, and they lose Andre Burakovsky. A sneaky loss, I think. I mean, I think Burakovsky yeah. is a really skilled player. He goes to Seattle. They get Alex Gorgiev, who they traded 
with New York to get New York Rangers. And they added Andrew Cogliano and some other smaller players. But those are the two main additions, Gorgiev, the goalie, and Cogliano. So I guess it's going to be Gorgiev and Pavel Francuz, who we saw in the playoffs last year. Um, let me just make sure I'm not forgetting a goalie. I think I am. Yeah, Pavel Francuz and Alex Gorgiev, that's going to be the, the tandem for them. But, like I mentioned, the Avalanche are so good, it probably doesn't matter who's in the goal for them. Gorgiev's really not bad. I mean, he's 26, and I think he's he just, he just kind of got forced out because New York Rangers had a lot of goalies there. Yeah. They still have Caleb Carr. They still have Devin Taves. They still have all the offensive guys, you know, Rantanen, Landeskog, McKinnon, Nachushkin, who they re-signed. They add Cogliano. I think that's not a bad signing, and I think I think that's kind of a cheap version of Nazem Kadri, right? Like the, he's kind of the replacement for him. He's not as good as Nazem Kadri, but he's maybe the, the replacement for that. Um, do you see any way in which this team is worse? I I, I really think Colorado's not that not significantly worse, even though they lost those players. No, I don't. I don't think they're worse at all. I'm not going to say that they've improved. I'd say that. You know, the subtractions and the additions kind of even out. And like you said, you know, look, Cogliano's no Kadri. I'll, I'll agree with that. And the Birakovsky, that's a loss. But there's so much firepower on that team offensively that I don't necessarily think that they're going to have to spread it out as much as they did before. You can have a lot of that production from those top lines um, and those top guys. It's, it's not going to impact them in any significant way. We'll say that. Yeah, they, they are returning one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their top ten scorers. Yeah. And the ones that they're losing are Burkowski and Nazem Kadri, which, like I said, is not insignificant, but like that team, their, their offense was so good, they yeah. could lose two of those guys outright and probably still be okay. And like their yep. defense is still really good. And they still have. Kale McCarr, which speaking of the best player for the Colorado Avalanche going into 2022 is Kale McCarr, I think. So Norris Trophy I winner agree with that. going to be really good. So I I still think, like I said, they, they go to the Stanley Cup final again because they're just built different. Who's next? Uh let's 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 do the wild. The wild. Now here is one that's pretty interesting. All of these were interesting, but this one in particular, because they lost Kevin Fiala. I've heard of him before. To the Kings. Big Kevin Fiala. Big Kev. Big KF. He goes to Los Angeles to join his buddy, Victor. <laughs> and they did not add much because they really couldn't. They didn't have any money. So... Uh, they add a backup goalie, and they add uh, Nicholas Patan, who is a forward at one point with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but the other major additions that are not really additions is uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who they traded for the deadline. They signed him to a two-year contract, so he's going to be their goalie going forward. Um, they lose Alex Stalock. I guess I should have mentioned that. Wait, hold on. Let me just double-check that and make sure Alex Stalock. He was – yeah, he was – no, they lost him last year. That's right. Okay, never mind. They lost him last year. I, I was confusing that because someone else gained Staylock. I think we're going to talk about in a second. But um, 
So they're going to have Marc-Andre Fleury, who's older but still very good, in goal. And uh, the rest of their team is basically the same, except they lose Kevin Fiala. So one other thing I'll mention is Marco Rossi, one of their top their top prospect. He's probably going to make the jump and be promoted next year. So, like, is Marco Rossi going to replace Kevin Fiala's production? Maybe. Maybe. Well, pro- probably not immediately, but, like, if, you know, eventually he's the guy. But So – uh, and I think their best player is Kirill Kaprizov. Assuming that all of yeah, the Russia's I think he's, so. I think he got cleared up. I've, I was paying close attention to that for a while. And then I noticed something where it said that, um, he'd been cleared, he'd gotten over, everything was good and that they didn't anticipate any issues with him, um, playing this season. So, well, I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, that was definitely a, situation to keep an eye on that would have yeah. impacted a lot of players but um he was the one that seemed to be making the most headlines so the fact right. that that got sorted out probably means that everything's cool um i feel like this is a team that and it, it's funny because you know you've got the key subtraction of fiala but <clears throat> i feel like this team's gotten worse um i i think that they probably got worse uh i, I don't know that um well, I guess when you see my my predictions of the of the um, <laughs> where things will fit, yeah, I think they definitely got worse. But I still think they're pretty good. I mean, if you've got oh, Capri, sure. their their defense their defense to me, I think is is vulnerable. Um, Jared Spurgeon's just like excellent. I mean, he's really really good, and I guess Brodine's. I mean, Brodine and Dumba are like a, a really I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're not as vulnerable as I thought. They're they're still a, they're still a good team, and they you know they've still got uh, Ryan Hartman, Freddie Goudreau up there, Jordan Greenway, uh, Erickson Eck really came on last year, so he'll, he'll probably improve. He's only twenty five. Maybe I need to readjust for the Minnesota Wilds. Maybe th- rethink where they're at. I don't know. I, I see them taking a, a turn next year. They still have twelve million dollars in dead cap money owed to Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. Wow, that's and it goes up to that's 14, crazy. I think next year. That's insane. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Duck Kyle Turris. Wow. Happy retirement, yeah. Kyle Turris. Yeah, I mean, in 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 light of what's going on in Minnesota, two million dollars a year isn't that big of a deal. No, it's not. We do uh, the the Predators do owe. Kyle Turris for quite a long time. He's going to get paid for a while. So, well, I mean, you know, they signed him to the contract. I mean, it's not it's not his fault. Am I correct that we have one team remaining? Well, before we talk about Nashville, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was. Well, we're, we're, yeah, it's true. One other team besides Nashville to talk about. Yeah, I'm really excited. I wanted to save this. Um, I figured that a lot of people would enjoy, I, I never say this. I would never dance on someone's grave, you know? Sure you would. That's that's a, no. Um, but this is going to be enjoyable. What if there's a really good band playing or really good DJ? (laughs) What if the Kings of Leon are playing Alex? There you go. There you go. Exactly. What if, what if it's Kings of Leon in front of 200 people? And there's a grave right awesome. there. You're probably going to do some yeah. dancing. I mean, you know, probably. 
And really, if you think about it and you think about all the people who've been buried uh, before modern cemeteries, we're all probably dancing on graves, living on them even. Exactly. Yeah. But of course, we are about to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. Who oh, no. Are a veritable mess. Wow. And first of all, the, the, the names out alone make this look really yeah. bad. Um, I think they, I think the names they took away could beat the team they have now. We'll see. Yeah. Say that. Alex Tabrinkit, Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubalik, Kirby Doc, Brandon Hagel, 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 Brandon Hagel. Hagel. All gone. Tabrinkit to Ottawa, Strom to Washington, Hagel to Tampa, Kubalik to Detroit, and Kirby Doc to Montreal. That's a lot of players. Now, one argument here, here's one argument in defense of Chicago. They had all those players last year and were a bad team. So that's true. Maybe it's not all about just like losing those guys, but. I mean, I, if I had to pick two players out of that, I would say Debrinket and Kirby Doc are two players that like you're really gonna hurt, miss. You're really gonna miss. Yeah, Debrinket for obvious reasons, he's an incredible goal scorer. But De Kirby Doc sort of was supposed to be your future. Now he's gonna be the, you know, the future for for Montreal. And they needed to do this because they had cap situations. They had uh, they just they needed to move all their all their players. They, their key additions, th these additions are not bad ones, though. I, and this is where we get – so they added – in goal, they added Alex Stalock and Peter Mrazek. I would argue that no team improved their goaltending situation better than Chicago, in the Central Division, that is, uh, improved their goaltending better than Chicago did because they had Colin Delia and Kevin Lankin in last year and improved it to Alex Stalock and Peter Mrazek, who are – Average goalies, Colin Delia and Kevin Lankinen were bad goalies, so their goaltending situation is better. Okay, I'll I'll give you that. It's not. I mean, it's still not going to make a difference for them. They also add Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, and Colin Blackwell, formerly of the Preds. Those are not bad additions. Max Domi, I. I I can't figure out what happened with Max Domi. I, I'm not really sure why he's been jumping around to all these different teams. Um, is it a coaching issue? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal is, but he's gone. He went from Arizona to Montreal to Columbus to Carolina, and now he's with Chicago. What's going on there? And he had such promise. I mean, he had that one season with Montreal where he was really good. He had a great rookie year, finished sixth in the Calder voting. And he's now 27 years old and still has yet to really produce that, that, at the level we, most people thought he would. Maybe he does that with Chicago. Athanasiu got great speed, not a ton of production. Colin Blackwell, we kind of know what he is. He's a fourth liner. I mean, none of these additions are anything close to Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Strom, or Kirby Doc. So, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, well... I think I think the biggest thing here is that you know Chicago's been really a mess for a while. It's not new, and and what you finally have happening is that they've they've embraced the fact that this run is over, um, and they need to rebuild. And I think where you know the the rubber is really going to meet the road is what they're what's going to end up happening with Patrick Kane, right. And so we have heard what, what's the latest on the Patrick Kane situation? Uh, that Patrick Kane, uh, and again, I don't know, I don't know how much truth there is of this, but you know, the people on the internet, they like to talk. 
And I've heard a rumor, I've seen a rumor, that he has submitted three teams that he's willing to be traded to. Of course, the Oilers, uh, the Oilers, yeah. Maple Leafs, and the Rangers. So he, he he probably is going to get traded to one of those teams. As for, for the Predators fan base and for, for the Nashville Predators, like, that that is great news for them because Patrick Kane has been a killer to the Nashville Predators for so long, and he's going. He will potentially go to teams that they, they will not see that often. Uh, Oilers potentially would be worse because they're in the Western Conference at least, but uh, or not the Western Conference, but they're in the uh, they're, they're nearby. <laughs> they'll, they'll play the Oilers. There you go. Could see them in the playoffs. Um, and I have written down as. The Chicago Blackhawks' best player going into 2022 as Patrick Kane, who might get traded. So, yeah, you take you know if you look at all those subtractions and you talk about how none of the additions do anything in the way of replacing the subtractions, then yeah. if you add Patrick Kane to that list. This team goes from a team in you know that's clearly a a basement dweller doesn't have a hope or prayer to a team that has you know I'd say a lot of empty seats coming up the next season like next year they're gonna have uh tyler johnson jonathan taves leading the way this is assuming patrick kane leaves they're gonna have jonathan taves and tyler johnson a a very checked out jonathan taves by the way uh oh yeah i'm not necessarily all that motivated and then that i mean where is the rest of the goal scoring coming from i mean it's just like there's not there's nothing else i mean there's there's (laughs) There's nothing. And then defensively, their best defenseman is Seth Jones, who has not been good recently. He's 27 now, and he's, like, really struggling. Ah, man, it's going to be bad. I, I think I think Chicago could be really, truly bad next year. On that note, I want to say this. I will never forget – well, look, there's a lot of bad takes out there. and I, I don't try to always expose them, but I remember very specifically – Last year, opening night of the NHL season, there were a lot of people on Preds Media Row talking about how the Blackhawks were going to be pretty good and they and like pushing for a playoff <laughs> spot. I mean, people that you and I know, people that people people that have opinions that I respect, and who were saying this very confidently. And when I was challenging it and saying, uh. I'm looking at this roster. I'm not seeing it. And they were like, no, 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 just Chicago is going to be better. That did not happen. And I was right. And no. I just to get that out there. And I'll, I'll just, down. just to go a step further, I want to point out that they won 28 games last season. That's really bad. They won, they won 28. Like that's, there's 82 games in a season and they won yeah. 28 of them. Like that's not, I mean, it's not good at all. Like somehow they, they weren't worse in the division, though. <laughs> no, somehow magically they weren't. But uh, man, that's so, that's rough. Chicago will be very bad. Um, all right, so where do the Preds fit into this? Let's do the quick. We're not going to go into all the additions that the Predators have made because we've already done all that. But uh, yeah. the key additions for the Predators: Ryan McDonough, Nino Niederreiter. Those are the main two. They signed Philip Forsberg, so he's coming back. Uh, key subtractions. I mean, Nick Cousins and Luke Cunning are basically it. That's it. That's yeah, the, the yeah. Ones. I mean, but is it are are they? Is it a, is it addition by subtraction though? I don't know that it's addition by subtraction. It's just very easy to replace that production because they didn't produce much. 
Right. But and were, and the thing I'll they say, weren't bad, they weren't bad guys for the team. It's just like now it, it it means that you know John Hines can't stick Luke Cunning on the top line anymore. That's that's really a win in my opinion. But um, I and I don't. I'm not saying anything bad about either of these players. What you said is correct. That's that kind of production is something you can replace. Um, pretty simply, and I think. Luke Cunning, I think when they acquired him, I think that was a good acquisition. It just didn't work out the way they wanted to. Um, yeah. I'm sure it didn't work out the way Luke Cunning wanted it to either. You know, it's not like the Preds were just disappointed and Cunning was like, what? It's fine. I'm sure he's disappointed in his, his uh, you know, output as well. So I think the ability to move on from that is fine. I think, you know, I just had an article come out where I talk about that second line yeah, um, and what I think is going to happen, what needs to happen, and what will happen. So I'm interested to see, you know, how that how that's going to play out on the second line. If you want to read it, it's at a to z sports.com. You can check. Yeah, it go out. check it out. Uh, Sean has uh, that's when did you publish that Friday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So yeah, Friday. go check that out. Some good options there. I think there's some some interesting thoughts uh, Sean has about the second line specifically. I I happen to think that they won't make any more moves. I I think that they're done. I think they're going into training camp with what they got now. Barring injury, I don't think they'll have any moves. All right, let's talk about – well, um, just to wrap that up, the other changes that the Predators have, uh, like I said, they, they got Philip Forsberg back, so not really a change, but he's definitely going to be back. And then um, getting UC Soros back, healthy. UC Soros will be back in the back of the net. Their best player going into 2022, Norris Trophy runner-up with, with more first-place votes, Roman Yossi. Um, when I look at, so I, I don't know if you, you did this prior to the show, but I, I was thinking about where the Predators fit into the central division and thinking about maybe what, maybe how would I predict the finish to look like? I think there's no real debate. I think Colorado is going to win the division. I, they, they're kind of untouchable at this point. I think St. Louis is probably the clear second best team. I have Nashville at third. I think that they could easily jump from a fifth place finish in the division, which is where they were last year to third pretty easily. I mean, I think that they're a better team and I think that other teams did not get better. I think that they could, they could pass Minnesota and Dallas based on what these two teams did on the, in the off season. What are your thoughts on that? I, I would say, and I, okay. I think what it's going to come down to, Okay, first, I agree. I think that the Predators have become a better team based on what's happened in the offseason. Um, and I do agree that some of the teams have not improved. Um, and a couple that really weren't in contention have gotten worse. I, I'm going to stand by saying that I think Minnesota is a worse team than they were. But I think the biggest key for me is whether or not the better team now is going to be a more successful team is it kind of hinges on a couple of things. And that that is this. Number one, can the second line get set up the way it needs to to give some players some consistency and familiarity to where they can be a, an offensive contributor on a nightly basis? And that's the number one thing. Number two, got to do something about careless, dumb stick penalties. If you can shore up those two things and get that taken care of, then yeah, I can see the Predators finishing third easily. I, yeah. I can see them jumping those other teams. They had, they, the Predators finished with 97 points last year. 
third place St. Louis, 109. That's a big jump. That's 12 points there. But I don't think St. Louis is going to be that good. I don't think Minnesota is going to be ahead of them with 113. Colorado is probably going to have 120 again. Probably. (laughs) They're probably going to be right up at the top. So, but again, we're not talking about going to the top. I think we're talking about the Predators jumping. Right. Could the Predators be eight points better than last year? That's only four wins. I think absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. They could be eight points better than last year and be a hundred point team, hundred plus point team, push Dallas and Minnesota down a little bit and challenge St. Louis for that top spot. Now, what does that mean for the playoffs? I mean, we're way far away from that. I mean, like if they had to face St. Louis in the first round of the playoffs, I think it'd be a tough matchup, but I, I just I, I look at I, in doing all of this and looking at all the additions and subtractions for these teams. I just think Nashville has is like one of the only teams to improve. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. I, I think I think too, and I forgot to mention this. You know, you you didn't you didn't mention this addition, but the Predators did sign Kevin Lankinen, and I think it's interesting. <laughs> going into the season, you know, one of the biggest concerns was the amount of time UC Saro spent on the ice last season. Yeah. Um, somebody, I don't remember who it was, wrote a really nice article about uh, playing UC Saros less next season. I think that was me. That. Oh, oh, that's right. That's, that's who it was. It was Alex. And if you want to read that, you should head over to a to z sports.com. Um, but here's the thing. Is the plan to have Lincoln and as the backup and to send Ingram back to the AHL. Like what, what do you think's going on there? Because do we trust Lincoln as a backup any more than we trusted Riddick? I think Lincoln is a sign the guy, bring him into training camp, see where Connor Ingram's at. And then one of them is going to be gone. One of them, one of them gets waived. Um, and they'll be on another team. <laughs> okay. I, I, well, I just, I, I, I don't know which one it is. I have no idea. It could be could be Lincoln and Connor Ingram's gone, but that would, I think that would be a mistake. But I think they well, bring him my, my concern is Go ahead. if you have, if you're looking at being able to the luxury of not having to overwork your goaltender, and you've brought in Lincoln in, and that's the guy that Ingram has to beat, um, that's not setting the bar very high. It's not setting but, the bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it makes but, it makes the Connor Ingram assessment very strange. It, it, it's it's like where do right, they actually right. what do they actually think about him? Yeah, and so I, I mean, you know, you look at the way he was kind of forced into the spotlight last season was to come in and play the playoffs. Um, that was that was not especially to play it against the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, that's not a fair assessment, in my opinion, anyway. So yeah, you know, I I, I think he comes in. I guess you have competition. But whoever remains, you know, either Ingram sticks around and outplays and, and Lankinen, who's just still kind of Lankinen, um, which doesn't really prove anything about Ingram, or God forbid, you know, Lankinen beats out Ingram, and then you kind of know what you're getting there. Yeah. That makes me a little bit nervous. Um, yes, I, I, it, it probably should. But, um, again, UC Soros, the biggest, biggest impact player on the team in terms of oh, – yeah wins and losses uh at, by the way after so after third for dashville after if i put nashville third i have the dallas and then minnesota but if, if dallas does not retain one of those two players we talked about robertson or Ottinger, minnesota passes them i think both those teams are playoff teams 
And then after that, it's some order of Winnipeg, Arizona, Chicago. The only thing I'm positive of is that Chicago's at the bottom. Excuse me, at the bottom. Yeah. Maybe Arizona's better than Winnipeg. I don't know. I mean, playing in that fan box that they're going to have. Maybe they uh, they get a little home juice going, win some games at home. Yeah, that I you know I can see it. That's that's going to be exciting. Everybody that's been negative about it, I think, isn't thinking about it the right way. <laughs> um, okay, I think that wraps it up. Uh, we got a little, nice little roundup of the Central Division. Maybe we'll look at the rest of the league here in a little uh, in, in the coming weeks and see. Um, but we're getting we're getting closer and closer each week to actual hockey it'll be uh again another five weeks six weeks until we actually see the the real thing but um pretty pretty fun so uh all right that does it for our show you can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports wait i'm sorry uh sean is waving me down what is it sean oh i was just waving goodbye oh i thought you were waving and saying hold on i have something very important to say no i always wave goodbye to the people that can't see us uh, check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports.com. Uh, follow Sean on Twitter at SCSNSH and follow me on Twitter at Alex one and we'll see everybody next time.